This is Audible. Audio Renaissance presents The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon, read by the author. Hello. My purpose in this program is to identify the most important factors on which self-esteem depends. If self-esteem is the health of the mind, then few subjects are of comparable urgency. The turbulence of our times demands strong selves with a clear sense of identity, competence, and worth. With the breakdown of cultural consensus, an absence of worthy role models, little in the public arena to inspire our allegiance, and disorientingly rapid change a permanent feature of our lives, with all that, it is a dangerous moment in history not to know who we are or not to trust ourselves. The stability we cannot find in the world we must create within our own persons. To face life with low self-esteem is to be at a severe disadvantage. These considerations are part of my motivation in writing this program, which in essence consists of my answers to four questions. What is self-esteem? Why is self-esteem important? What can we do to raise the level of our self-esteem? What role do others play in influencing our self-esteem? Self-esteem is shaped by both internal and external factors. By internal, I mean factors residing within or generated by the individual, ideas or beliefs, practices or behaviors. By external, I mean factors in the environment, such as messages verbally or non-verbally transmitted, or experiences evoked by parents, teachers, significant others, organizations, and culture. I examine self-esteem from the inside and the outside. What is the contribution of the individual to his or her self-esteem, and what is the contribution of other people? I first lectured on self-esteem and its impact on love, work, and the struggle for happiness in the late 1950s, and published my first articles on the subject in the 1960s. The challenge then was to gain public understanding of its importance. Self-esteem was not yet an expression in widespread use. Today, the danger may be that the idea has become fashionable. It is on everyone's tongue, which is not to say that it is better understood. Yet if we are unclear about its precise meaning and about the specific factors its successful attainment depends on, if we are careless in our thinking, or succumb to the oversimplifications and sugar-coatings of pop psychology, then the subject will suffer a fate worse than being ignored. It will become trivialized. In working with self-esteem, we need to be aware of two dangers. One is that of oversimplifying what healthy self-esteem requires, and thereby of catering to people's hunger for quick fixes and effortless solutions. The other is that of surrendering to a kind of fatalism or determinism that assumes in effect that individuals either have good self-esteem or they haven't. In other words, everyone's destiny is set by the first few years of life and there's not much to be done about it, except perhaps years of psychotherapy. Both views encourage passivity. Both obstruct our vision of what is possible. My experience is that most people underestimate their power to change and grow. They believe implicitly that yesterday's pattern must be tomorrow's. They do not see that choices do exist. They rarely appreciate how much they can do on their own behalf, 
if genuine growth and higher self-esteem are their goals, and if they are willing to take responsibility for their own lives. The belief that they are powerless becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. This program ultimately is a call to action. It is addressed to all men and women who wish to participate actively in the process of their evolution, as well as to psychologists, parents, teachers, and those responsible for the culture of organizations. This program is about what is possible.